I, I really, really hate Hillary Clinton a lot. I know a lot of people okay. have a lot of reasons to hate her, but my reason is very special to me. Back when I was 12 years old, I was, it was Saturday morning cartoon day. Okay. And I remember clearly it was where I was watching Power Rangers <laughs> Jungle Fury. Okay. I was, okay. I was, I was a huge Power Rangers fan. Yeah. And so I, I was watching Jungle Fury. It was literally the second to the last episode for like the entire season of the, or just that whole series. And right before, like right when that part of that, of that Saturday started, right when that episode started, this government issued like impromptu, completely disrupting all your feeds came up and Hillary Clinton was right there talking about something. I don't remember what it was that she was talking about. Was it important? Maybe not to me though, because she completely disrupted my entire viewing of that second to last episode of, of Jungle Fury. And I still oh, have man. no idea what happened in that second to last episode. Not only that, you don't even remember what the announcement was. So like right. that loss and I, for everyone. <laughs> and the thing is, I remember I was, I was so upset. I remember calling my mom over. I was like, mom, why is this happening? Like, I really feel like on ABC, cause that's where, that's where Power Rangers was being shown. I, I swear they showed her what was playing in the moment and they asked her, Hillary, is this the moment you want to cut in? And she's like, Power Rangers? Yeah, no one cares about that. Cut in right here, right now. Let's talk about America. And that's when she did it. Um, You know, I, I can understand. You know, those like childhood hatreds are hard to overcome. They are very hard to later overcome. Later on I, in life. I, and that's why I didn't vote for her in the 2016 elections. Uh, anyways, hey guys, welcome to the oh, XP Podcast. My name is Rob, and I'm joined by my co-host Adam. How you doing today, man? Dude, I'm doing. Uh, I'm doing okay. There's been ups, there's been downs, but we're going to ride out the rest of this day on a pretty high note. So, absolutely, absolutely. I've been having quite a mundane kind of day, and today this is kind of what I've been looking forward to, to get my mind off of just the boredom of the day. If you are watching, you're obviously noticing there's somebody missing from this entire from this episode, level fifteen uh and obviously what do you mean what? he's right he's right there oh yeah he's right over there uh let's cut right let's cut right to him all right guys well i hope you guys enjoyed what you saw uh we don't have that video feed right now we're, we're recording ahead of time he's still packing he hasn't even left on vacation yet but he's going to a good old sunny beach to hang out and so uh austin we'll be back safe travels Hopefully, he can get some gaming in while while he's gone. There's nothing that I like more than when I'm on vacation and I can get a little bit of gaming in. That's always a big plus. Yeah, and we know that Austin has his backbone controller. Yes. I assume he's going to pack it with him. If not, what Fake are you gamer. doing, man? Fake, Fake gamer. gamer. Or <laughs> yeah. worse, casual gamer. Yeah, yeah Just... worse. Exactly. <laughs> Anyways, to start you guys off, the XP Podcast is your bi-weekly video game podcast where we talk about all things video games and bring topics to the table to discuss for your amusement. If you have any comments, questions, concerns, corrections, or even topics to bring to us, let us know in the comments section of this video. And let's say you're listening on the podcast feed where you can go to us on Twitter at ambitious casual or email us at XP podcast at ambitious casual.com. Adam, I've checked the, I checked the email for the first time since we started the show. Cause I say that and I've never checked it. I went, 
there's nothing. So guys, oh. please send some emails, guys. Well, you know, we, we just spice it up a little bit. Let's uh, you just ask ask us how our day is going. I don't know. You know, send us an email here or there. Uh, and lastly, for our podcast listeners, utilize the timestamps that are in the bio of the episode so that we can jump around to the pieces that you need to. Video watchers, you don't have to worry about that. He's already break these out for you all. So without further ado, let's get right into the show. We don't have any housekeeping. We don't have any corrections. We're doing fantastic. We're doing great. We're so, on it. We're on it. We're on top of it. We're like the we're, we're the best of the best. You know, the the, the creme of the creme. We're going to be on uh, Jeff Keighley's 2021 Video Game Awards show this year. Scoop announcement right there for you guys. Um, going into the first topic of the day. We're going to go into mine. I'm going to say... What the heck is PlayStation doing? Now, to those who watch our content, you might be asking yourself, didn't you kind of talk about this with Janet Garcia? Great, great thinking. And if you haven't watched it, go check that out on the Ambitious Casual YouTube yeah. channel. We had an interview with Janet Garcia going over a couple different things. One of them was about the state of video games between Xbox, PlayStation, and kind of Nintendo, but it was mainly in regards to the main two of xbox and playstation and so i'm kind of revisiting this topic of playstation look i i, I want to get it out there i'm a huge playstation fan i'm not a fanboy but i'm a huge fan i love their games i think they have the best first party games i've rooted for them for a long time the xbox series x is the first xbox i've ever had period other than when i was a younger kid and i borrowed somebody else's xbox that was it but I, this is my first time i've been with playstation PS1, PS2, PS3, PS4, PS5. And I just got to say, I'm really, I don't want to say I'm, I'm losing hope, but I, I am really questioning what are they doing? And so to start this all off, I think what kind of, what, what, what made this pile on top, on top of each other to make me actually make this a topic was the fact that one, Horizon Forbidden West has been delayed to Q1 2022. Um, that's not that's not a no-brainer. Like that's it's it was kind of in the cards. It was possible that it could have happened. COVID pandemic has affected so many productions of so many games. I think the thing that made it even not worse, but added upon it was when the beta came out, and you can sign up for the beta for the software OS regarding the PS5, so you can expand your storage utilizing an SSD and the complexity of trying to expand your storage within your PlayStation. I, again, the Xbox Series X, it's literally, we're, we're back to memory cards, dude. You, you, you pop in a Seagate memory expansion in the back, boom, you're done, you're ready to go. I will say, how much are those Seagate expansions? Practically almost the same amount as an Xbox Series S. It's almost that much. So I get it, those are expensive regarding ssds those can vary but i think the thing that kind of made me the most upset is the fact that playstation announces this you can sign up for the beta program but they didn't even give a list of any compatible ssds right off the bat it's almost as if they're waiting for us the players to test these things out for them and then wait for the ign's and the the uh Oh, I forgot their names. They do a lot of technical breakdowns regarding consoles um, on YouTube 
Um, oh. oh god it's game something game something anyways mm. so anyone like a lot of the the main publishers the main news outlets waiting for them to publish the top five ssds for they're waiting for us to do it like why couldn't you you have the console you made the console you should kind of have an idea as to what is already re- like when you release that blog put on there at least five that you already know these work like this is it like you can you could get these you don't have to risk it it's gonna work um and so those two things kind of happen and to me i was like dude what is what's going on with this communication what's going on with like we don't now we don't really know what's going on for the rest of the year i did write a couple of things down as to what we do have left for this year and we'll talk about those mm-hmm. in a bit but so i go, sorry go i want to jump in before yeah, we get do. too far ahead so please do i think to to be fair to be fair I don't think PlayStation has officially announced that they've delayed Horizon uh, Forbidden West yet. I think it's just been I think it's just been so heavily speculated and like circulated through so many different news outlets that people are just taking as gospel. Um, I think it likely is getting delayed, but I'll just say this is what happened somewhat similarly with the Nintendo Switch Pro non-announcement right is that everyone circulated that it was happening and then when nintendo announced something that was different it was like on the rumor mill right and we're talking we're talking about people like bloomberg um other places like that so i double checked the playstation blog because i was thinking about it but the funny thing i saw when i saw the playstation blog is that they have a lot of posts about indie games so they're obviously trying to counteract all up. the bad press around yeah. indies specifically that they're getting right yes. so they're trying to like hey let's focus on conversation about indies we've been getting a lot of bad press about our relationship with indies for good reason yes for good reason i have lots of thoughts about that um but yeah i mean sorry i was i was somewhat distracted looking that up but like you're right what is playstation doing right so they've you know really kind of dropped the ball with like their indie partners you know, Forbidden West is like basically been all but announced by them that it's getting delayed. And, you know, how are they going to frame that? How are they going to do the messaging around that? And then, yeah, the whole thing with the um, the SSDs is like a big deal. Um, yet, you know, they do have the point in their favor, like it's not going to be a proprietary thing um, like Xboxes currently are. Um, but at the same time, it's like the... <laughs> With the Xbox ones, there's no like risk of messing it up. I don't know how big the risk of PlayStation is, but like as soon as you start talking about like heatsink, I'm thinking that's going to be above what the common like oh gamer. I don't even understand that is like wanting to do. Um, and so and so that's pretty incredible. Do you remember the the PlayStation Five uh, deconstruct? Yes. Yes, I do. Do you remember the heat sink on that thing? That yes. thing was massive. So like the big it's copper huge. piece that was literally like this big, like it is, I don't know. It probably takes up like 25% of the internals on the PlayStation five that he yeah. does. Um, like it's a big boy um, for sure. Um, but yeah, the, the, there's no, like I'm hoping that that official stuff is coming. Like the firm, I don't think the firmware updates out yet. Right. I haven't. Well- so my thing is I've been already seeing people already working on it. Like they're already saying this one works, this one works, this one works. 
Oh, that mm-hmm. people I was talking about before, Digital Foundry. That's who I was talking about. Right. They, they, they're so good with very technical things regarding video games. They'll yeah. come out with a list soon, I'm pretty sure. Um, I saw someone from uh, a podcast. He just got accepted for the program. So I think mm-hmm. it's being, I think it's getting rolled out slowly to people. So I know he oh, just got accepted. Okay. So it, it's a beta program that you enroll and then you get accepted via what? Okay. See, that's smart. Like let your, you know, tech YouTube channels like go for it first. Like I could see Spawn Wave going after that. Um, YouTube channels that, that does a lot of good work too. Like you said, Digital Foundry. So like, honestly, they'll be the ones making the videos like, hey, like here's how you do it. Here's the list of approved stuff. And like, they'll honestly like handle a lot of the marketing about it on like for sony right and and i will say so for one i appreciate the clarity in regards to forbidden west yes it has not been spoken out of playstation's mouth that it has been delayed when you when you said that i literally just looked at the bloomberg article i i I got so i'm not gonna say upset but it's the fact like oh my god dude like Bloomberg has already gone to a point where it's like, all right, first the Switch Pro saying that this stuff was yeah. going to happen, and then that completely backfired. This is another thing by just as by Jason Schreier. The headline says it has been delayed. Like he's writing it, clearly stating it is an official thing, but he's yeah. saying it's he it's from people that he knows who are close to the matter. So there's a good chance that PlayStation could come out and say, no, 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 it's coming out in November, and then make him look like a fool. So that's 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 yeah. already getting annoying annoying with bloomberg already because they they they've always been like this reputable source and then they're slowly starting to add, throw things out there where i'm kind of like dude you, you're just throwing these out there for the clicks and i can't i can't sure. blame you but you really want those clicks and you really want to get referenced in ign and GameSpot and all of them um i will say regarding the ssd stuff I think i i agree with you the the xbox series x can very well turn out to be like the ps vita where you literally right. had to buy it from PlayStation. It was a particular card that you got from PlayStation. Once like once that's not being manufactured anymore, the the chance of finding one is going to be very hard. So maybe 10 years from now, the Xbox Series X, if someone buys one, who's to say if they're going to com- still continue making those memory cards for the Xbox Series X? Mm-hmm. I will say in the moment, though, for just the everyday gamer, like a memory card popping into the back of your console is simple. I don't think for people who are us who are making podcasts, the fact that we look up our news articles, we're already way more than the casual gamer, way more than I think the bigger demographic of the gamers who utilize these consoles, especially PlayStation. They've already sold mm-hmm. 10 million consoles. The idea of someone being like, I have to open up this. I have to open up my PlayStation's faceplate, unscrew this thing, put an SSD in, screw the SSD in, and then hopefully i like fingers crossed they do their research because it could be like oh i just need an ssd mm-hmm. okay go get one put it in completely just roast it and then you're kind of done um and again i I can already hear some people because i heard some people making these uh points in other podcasts the ps4 was i know you had to open it up and actually take a hard drive out and put a brand new hard drive in mm-hmm. i get it it is not as complicated as that but when you have a competitor that has made it so easy i feel like why couldn't you kind of do the same thing so i i guess we might see what will happen with Mm -hmm. the next iteration of the ps5 yeah i think i think playstation might have i don't know if they might not care right in this in the 
conversation around expandable storage, yes, they dug themselves into a hole on how they architectured the PS5. I don't think it's like an apples to apples thing necessarily. I think the architecture for uh, the Series X is a little bit more compatible with doing what they're doing. I think PlayStation went a little bit more customized in certain aspects of the SSD and the connections to it, which doesn't maybe allow quite the same, you know? Yeah, Um, I, I agree. I don't I mean, I don't know for sure. Like, I don't I'm not first enough in all the technical details. It's just like I'm trying to like piece together things I remember being talked about in terms of like those uh, consoles being compared to one another. So, right. And, and and the thing is. Like, I love the way the PS5 looks. I know some people are like, that's that's a huge looking thing. It is huge. And right now, this my Series X and my PS5 are sitting next to each other. Yeah, there is a big there's like literally 25 percent taller than the series x so it's yeah. a big, it's a big chunky boy but mm-hmm. i they didn't make it the way that they did for a reason you know and then the same way with the xbox series x it looks a little weird that it's a tower but they made it that way for a reason and the thing is you have you also have to think okay well they they made this for a reason and they know that there's next gen psvr coming out so they have so many different things as to how you're going to connect how you're going to let the heat out how you're going to power it in a certain mm-hmm. way there must be a reason why they made it the way that they did. I'm not going to say that it was, it's lazy. Uh, it's, it's a lazy uh, design. I'm not going to say that. It's a really smart design. The fact that practically the whole thing around is a complete heat sink blowing everything mm-hmm. out. That's really smart. That's really cool. Um, and the fact that you can take the face plates off are pretty, it's not hard. It's pretty easy. I just, I, I will say for the, for the everyday person, man, trying to figure out an SSD to put in that will be difficult. Now, Adam, are you going to, would you maybe after, let's say a year, would you think uh, you're digging to probably adding an SSD to it or is space not been a big thing for you? I don't think space is a big thing for me. Like the way I play games is like maybe I have one or two multiplayer games I would have on like stack. But for the most part, like, I, you know, I have Destiny 2 installed, but like for the most part, like I play a game and then I'm done with it. Yeah. Um, and also like I buy a lot of games physically, so I do save like quite a bit of uh, storage space um, from that aspect, too. So like it hasn't been a problem yet. I don't think it will ever, ever will be a problem for me. Um, it, but if if I were if I did game differently and I needed an SS like more s- space, I would feel comfortable doing it. Like I feel comfortable like looking up the videos okay. and figuring out how and doing it myself. Um, so I'm not, I mean, you know, I've played around quite a bit with like even just my switch. So yeah, which is somewhat different thing, but I feel like the joy con are a little bit like, you know, more finicky. So like doing like the custom uh, shell swaps on the guy, you know, yeah, like yeah. is a lot more probably involved. I feel like then, or maybe some more levels of involvement as something like that SSD install would be. So, right. Right. I, for me personally, regarding the PS5, I, I I'm like you regarding the PS5. That is my first party console right now, mm-hmm. and it's only been it's only been obviously single player games. So I, I do have Final Fantasy 14 online on it, and I do have I recently just up, uh got Apex for it because my 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 
account is on there with literally all the heroes that I bought before and I can't transfer mm. them to the Xbox. So I was like, I have sure. to just I just have to play it on there. Um, but when it comes to space, for me, it's I I I need to get more space for the Xbox because the amount of multiplayer games I have on that Xbox is a lot. There's a lot of multiplayer games on there. So I I, I have thought about doing that, but again, those mm-hmm. those Seagate expansion cards are almost yeah. like 200 and something dollars they're expensive yeah so i'm hoping in that over time and once manufacturing gets back into the normal state that those prices can go, kind of go down a bit but moving on from the ssds and forbidden west possibly being delayed as of right now so many outlets so many podcasts places have been like confirming that it is it is true without yeah. playstation even saying a word so Continuing from that, though, I did want to look and see what do we have in store for the fall slash winter if it is true that Forbidden West is delayed. Now, as of right now, there's a list of a lot of games that are coming out, but I didn't really pick the ones that are obviously coming out on both on multiple consoles. Obviously, I'm I'm, I'm really talking mm-hmm. about those that are exclusive for PlayStation. And as of right now, this is what we got for this for 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 this year. Ghost of Tsushima. Director's Cut, August 20th, 2021. Adam, are you going to be getting that? You said Ghost of uh, Tsushima, Director's Director's Cut. Cut. Um, I probably will. I won't lie. Like when I saw like the story trailer for it, I'm like, ah, I'm going to get (laughs) back into this. You know, Uh, I loved my time with um, uh, Ghost of uh, Tsushima. It's a fantastic game. So if there's more story in it, especially like around like Jin's family history stuff, I imagine that'll be really good. Um, so yeah, I, I think I'll go and do it. I know there's been a lot of conversation around um, people who are saying that they're not going to pay like the $10 for the like the, up, the, upgrade. the PS5 patch upgrade. Mm-hmm. They're only paid for the DLC and that's it. Right, 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 right. And I mean, uh, they they can do them. Like, do I agree that I think it would be really cool of Nintendo and uh, to, or not, sorry, not Nintendo, PlayStation to include that upgrade for free? Yes, I think that would be great of them to do. Yes. Uh, there's lots of people who are doing their PS5 five patches for free even sony themselves you know like um uh with like god of war ratchet and clank but those are games are much they're older right so i think that they believe they can get away with it because it's so close to the generation and they're going to have a lot of people buying it for the first time anyway right if you bought go uh the first one i'm trying to imagine this in my head so if you bought the first one at launch for sixty dollars and then you know like it's the ten dollar upgrade for the expansion is putting it at 70 and then like 20 dollars sorry ten dollars for like the upgrade then 20 dollars for expansion you're like playing like 90 bucks which is almost like a deluxe edition at launch which is but that, which is normal. it just seems it still seems crummy because the people who have waited to jump in and are getting it director's cut are getting at 70 but also the fact is is those people could go out and buy uh ghosts of uh uh, Sushima, just the base version for forty dollars right now. So if you yeah. imagine it from that perspective, forty dollars, twenty dollar expansion, ten dollar upgrade. That is like the seventy dollars worth of content that's in the director's cut. Right. And so that's probably why they're doing it that way. 
otherwise people could just like in order to charge $70 for the PS5 director's cut when the fact that it's easy to just get the base version for $40 and then buy the expansion for 20 right right like they they have to charge the $30 but I don't know why they just wouldn't make the I don't know why they didn't feel like they could just make the expansion $30 flat if that's the case okay yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and include the upgrade yeah. for free for people who buy the expansion or don't buy the expansion like i don't know why they didn't feel like they could do that i mean obviously it's more pro consumer to give like break it out and give people the choice but like the optics around it i guess are weird i will say man this whole this whole weird comp again this is another complexity why is mm-hmm. this like i <laughs> Xbox is so smart, dude, with the whole smart delivery. It's just a thing. It it just happens. And I like I I get it. Xbox is owned by Microsoft. They can lose the money. I get it. I get it. But sometimes I'm like, dude, do I really need to pay 10 bucks for an upgrade for my PS5 version? I'm gonna mm-hmm. do it. I'm going to do it because I'm the kind of guy that wants to see my games that are obviously first party exclusives at the best fidelity. I just, Mm -hmm. I, I mentally in my mind cannot sit down on my TV and play Ghost of Tsushima with the DLC, knowing that I'm playing the PS4 version that's upscaled for PS5. I can't do that. I need to upgrade. And Mm so, and I'm going to, like, I'm going to get this. I didn't beat Ghost of Tsushima yet. It obviously it came out way too close to the last Mm -hmm. of us two. And around that time, life was crazy for me at that moment. So I never got back to finishing it. And once I was done with Last of Us 2 and then life continued on, I literally told myself, I'm going to wait till the PS5 version of Ghost of Tsushima comes out and I will play it. And it's coming out very soon. And I'm actually mm-hmm. really excited about that because then I can mm-hmm. jump in and finish this game finally. And um, But it's just this whole weird thing of like, okay, well, now what I have to do is I need to buy the ps5 upgrade and then from the cloud download my ps4 cloud save to access it through the ps5 version to upload my p it's so complicated yeah for sure i have lots of thoughts about the console competition you know they're all quick to say oh we're not really competing you know which is fine for them to say (laughs) But Sony is settling into, in my mind, a similar place that Nintendo is. So they have these suite of first party exclusives that just uh, perform uh, phenomenally. And they know that as long as they produce those, they literally can do just whatever and it'll be fine because the casual gamers who like, I want to get, you know, a new console because I'm going to play like these like three games that are first party games and like that's kind of what i'm interested in doing or you know maybe they're getting it because they want something like call of duty but they're also like oh but this also has got a war right right and so they for most people all of this other stuff is just kind of not necessary like Mm -hmm. i'm not going to need to do an ssd um i don't really care about I don't play indies, so I don't really care about all this indie conversation that's going on on with Sony. Yeah. And that's like a very similar place that Nintendo has been and has been it for years. Uh, They've done, and I'm not saying like Nintendo and Sony aren't doing good stuff with the stuff that they are doing well, 
like Nintendo makes a lot of great games. They take a lot of risks with their um, hardware and like uh, like trying out new things. Uh, Sony, uh, they're making phenomenal first party games. They're really pushing the envelope on what it means to tell a story in a video game and how to make a like an interactive, like cinematic storytelling experience that's a phenomenal game at the same time with great gameplay like god of war blows it out of the water i haven't played last of us yet or or part two um and and it's just really obvious like they have something that they're doing really well they can kind of maintain that and put like most of their thought about that going forward and then xbox who's kind of got a lot of big first party stuff in the oven still and it's not ready they're like okay we are going to literally win on every other front that we can right to stay and like you know uh soak up all the uh free market not free market share but like all the other market share that's out there and to gain a lot of good graces with like the gaming community so when you talk about smart delivery when you talk about um quick resume when you talk about game pass and how they are partnering with indies and stuff like that. Like all those things are huge wins for Xbox. Um, that's really great for Xbox. I'm really happy for them. Um, it's just that Sony doesn't feel, I think that they need to compete on those fronts when it's like, we've gotten the 80% of the market share with the 20% of effort. We don't need to expend the other right. like 80% more effort just for like right at that last bit. It's like, this is good for us. And, like you said, Xbox, like, this is fine. We're going to soak up as much um, uh, goodwill as we can. We're going to get as many Xbox Game Pass subscribers as we can uh, so that people think that they can't go back to, to how things were before. And yeah. then and then when our first parties arrive, you know, we're going to be on top. Um, yeah. Maybe Sony doesn't. I mean, there are a lot of people who don't feel like xbox is going to deliver on those first parties in the way that like sony does but like everything i hear about halo multiplayer is for infinite is really good and really phenomenal so i think that possibly playstation is making an underestimate underestimation here or they're just like we will worry about that when the time comes right and everything that you said i completely agree with and would would Xbox be doing what they've been doing if they were winning? I don't know. You, you can you can make the point that okay, they were losing, so you have to make some drastic changes and drastic moves to come back on top. And I will say right now, Xbox and PlayStation are completely on two opposite diadems. Mm-hmm. Like Xbox has all the 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 gamer friendly features, yeah, but no first party games. And already the 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 the, the big games that have been released on game pass so far have kind of not been that great they've been kind of 60s maybe 70s like mm-hmm. you got the medium did not review well you got the dd dark alliance game did not review well you got the ascent some people enjoy it but it's not getting reviewed too well so so far they have no games mm-hmm. playstation on the other hand not not consumer friendly whatsoever but <laughs> they have um, they've already so far they has amazing games this is the best lineup for a release of a new console mm-hmm. so far you got Miles morales demon souls returnal ratchet and clank grift apart like in the grand scheme of things they're really killing it you know but yeah, it just it's for sure we, it's you you get you get you get lost in that sometimes though in the in the, in the moment and 
that's yeah. the point of Xbox. They want yeah. you to get lost in their messaging to to cloud your judgment and thinking, oh, it's mm-hmm. so much better over here. But when you kind of get out of the cloud and you look from above, you're like, yeah, this is cool that I can go back and play Skate 3. But where's that Hellblade game? Where's that Halo Infinite? You know, all I care about is that that store is an Xbox exclusive right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like what in the world? This is I mean, that's like my most anticipated game, I think, that I've seen this year. And I'm just like, do I do I buy that on my Xbox <laughs> base yeah. Xbox one? Do I just yeah. wait to see if someone else announces <laughs> that it's coming to their platform after maybe some kind of timed exclusivity deal? Fingers crossed it's maybe time exclusive. Uh, I, I think I feel like that game would be awesome on the Switch. Um, yeah, it would be. Moving on to the next couple of uh, of games that are releasing. So we had Ghost of Tsushima, Director's Cut, August 20th. We have Canna Bridge of Spirits. When I looked it up, and you can correct me, it only says September, month window. It didn't have an exact date when I searched it up. Um, I could have sworn that they... For some reason, the date, September 26th, is what's coming to mind. I don't know if mm. I'm confusing that with Solar Ash maybe being October 26th. Okay, okay. I would have sworn they. it might just be a release month that they said. Because when you look up online, it was originally August 24th, and then I know they pushed it, but the developer pushed it uh, just to the month of September. So. Yeah. Uh, this is coming from GameSpot. This was on July 20th by Jeremy Winslow. Uh, developer Amber Lab has announced that the adventure game Canterbury of Spirits has suffered another delay and now launches on September 21st. Okay, it's on the 21st. Okay. So that is the new date that cool. they have set up for it. Adam, I, you're excited for this game, right? Yeah, I think it looks really cool. Like, I'm trying to, I'm trying to like frame my like reference for this. It it just looks really cool. It's got like very it's got toy, a Ghibli not style toyetic. To it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's it's this nice polished, defined, but like smooth art style. Um there's been a lot of other games I've liked that that kind of seem that way. Like Death Store kind of has that. Last Campfire kind of has that. And it's just like a very cute but awesome looking art style. Yeah. Yeah. Um it's got major vibes of like ori or if you go even back further like tack power of juju where it's like very yeah, yeah cool yeah. nature like integrated like you're on some kind of healing mission for the land uh and it looks like it's re- got really cool uh combat you know it's like a third person open not open world but like a third person action adventure type game and right. it looks really cool um looks like it probably has a really cool story yeah um, it looks super super dope i'm actually really excited for that one um next comes Deathloop coming out September 14th, 2020. Very weird thing about this is a Bethesda game, mm-hmm. but it this is exclusive due like before the acquisition of Bethesda to Xbox. Are you interested in Deathloop? I'm possibly interested. I go back and forth on it quite a bit. It looks like a phenomenal game. I'm just not convinced it's like the game, like a game for me yet or at least not in in rank with everything else that's like coming up or in my backlog. Right. So I'll, I'll probably wait and see, okay, how exactly how well does it review? And like, what do people say about it in terms of if you didn't like this, 
it's different than that because of this and you and you know that makes it more right. enjoyable um so i'm kind of looking for some compare uh some comparisons uh, especially since it is like a looped game yeah. um i'd want to know kind of exactly how that how it runs like that so really has like a, a a bit of like a roguelike kind of aspect to it that i don't really know much once you start playing it how that integrates into it but yeah i, I um not to get too much into it, I, I want to say I'm going to, I think, credit this conversation to Barrett Courtney over on Kind of Funny. I don't remember okay. what. Uh, I think it was him. Someone was talking about it from over there. But when they talk about Deathloop being a roguelite, it's like it's not really a rogue like roguelite. A lot of people are kind of like maybe misattributing that like you're looping through a lot, but it's not reassembling itself and re like it's not that the environments are completely different every time. Uh, which is like one of the big features of a roguelike. It is like a looped thing. I mean, it's a time loop, right? But you know, you're going through over and over again, getting better, getting more information, like learning the different patterns and how you can affect them, and then, um, and then you're doing the thing. Yeah, I don't know. You're winning right. the game, whatever right. the thing is. <laughs> and I, I will say, this is made by Arcane Studios. I love Arcane. Dishonored one, two, they like those games are phenomenal. So Deathloop is a day one for me. I, I'm I'm jumping into this. I've been really excited for what they've had in store for this game. This game looks super dope. Yeah. Um, so Deathloop September 14th. And then lastly, this is the last game that we know that's coming out, PlayStation exclusive, is Death Stranding Director's Co- Cut coming out September 24th. I'm gonna get I'm I'm gonna do the upgrade for this. I I have Death Stranding. I think I've played practically half of it. Again. Guys, listen. People listening, people watching. You're gonna. You, if you haven't found this out, I'm really bad at completing games. I, I just sometimes life gets in the way, especially with when I when I was working my previous job. At I, I was just so busy all the time, and when these games came out, kind of affects where I was in that moment. So Death Stranding, I played half of it. I have not finished it yet. So director's cut for sure. I'm gonna be getting and um, jumping into it. Adam, are you interested in Death Stranding? Yeah, I uh, I have it back here. Not the uh, director's cut or whatever. Oh, uh, um, so I'm interested in playing it. I don't... I need to... Mm, I might need you to tell me if it's necessary to buy the expansion stuff ahead of time. Okay. Because if it's... I haven't looked into it. I'm assuming it's working in a similar way to Ghost is, where... I can with the PS4 version like pay 10 bucks for an upgrade to for yes. the performance and then 20 bucks for expansion content. So if I I'll probably start it and see if I think it's worth the extra investment and maybe I'll let you play through it first and let me know if it's worth the extra investment uh before I just drop the extra money on it. So I'll be honest based off of what I have seen, I think there there's not like an e- expansion it, it's more so of you just pay because the game was 60 bucks mm-hmm. ps5 games are 70 bucks so you're just paying the 10 bucks to get it up res and everything to a ps5 obviously to utilize utilize the adaptive triggers on your mm-hmm. your dual sense right and that's it and they yeah. did add some stuff but it's it's not like dlc like um uh Iki island for ghost of mm-hmm. it's just some little extra bits here and there okay. other than that if you played the ps4 game technically you won't miss anything the only thing you'll be missing is 
upgraded visuals, upgraded frame rate, and then the adaptive triggers mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. That's it. Yeah. Cool. So right now, that's September. For the rest of the year, July, August, September. Okay, October, November, December. <laughs> for those three months, we don't know what's happening. There's been some rumors that we've kind of been waiting for a huge PlayStation announcement. And again, we kind of talked about this a bit with the Janet Garcia conversation, but I'm kind of reiterating it here. There's been some rumors that we've been kind of waiting for a big PlayStation blowout as to what's to come for the rest of the year, because they're waiting on that. They're waiting for Call of Duty. Uh, Call of Duty and PlayStation are so, are so together that they're waiting for them to finish up whatever it is that they're doing regarding a trailer. We are already in August. Call of Duty games launch in like November-ish time. So that is not too far away. And we still have no idea what it is, what it looks like, or anything like that. And this whole Activision Blizzard thing is not helping out whatsoever. Right. So we don't know if, like, is it possible that we're going to get a Call of Duty delay? I don't think so. Is it possible that they're trying to get everything scrubbed and, like, figure all this Activision Blizzard stuff out so fast, get it done with, so that way it doesn't affect the sales for the Call of Duty game. And then that's when we'll finally get an idea as to when that release date is. And once that teaser is in the hands of PlayStation, then they're like, okay, cool. We have the big thing. Let's show what we have for the rest of the year. Do you think, Adam, deep, 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 deep down inside, there's a game that they're just holding up to kind of have like a, here's one more thing for the end of the year. Well, I I mean, I'm going to momentarily disregard the disrespect that you're oh, showing boy. to Solar Ash right now. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh it is in terms of consoles an exclusive. I don't know if that's full exclusive or I'm assuming it's timed exclusive, but it's coming October uh I think I said October 26th, but it is coming sometime in October and that I think will be a fantastic game. I think lots of people should play that, and maybe that maybe this just gives it the space it needs. Yeah, yeah. I I honestly don't. I could be wrong. I won't be surprised if they show something. But my bet is that they don't actually have anything else big from a first party per, uh perspective that they can do, in terms okay. of like new IPs or anything like that. They could surprise us with. God some of announcements cut. but yeah i mean they they could they could surprise us with some announcements of um random stuff i mean it is it is jack and daxter 20th anniversary get out of gonna, here they're gonna dust it off and <laughs> get out of here Induce. i don't know what they i don't even know what they would do with that i don't I, no you'll get a jack and daxter skin for the sack boys a big adventure that's what you'll get <laughs> sure uh <laughs> Yeah, or something like that. Or or Jack and Daxter joins Fortnite. <laughs> <laughs> the biggest slap in the face. I mean Ariana Grande is a Fortnite or about to don't be, even uh, Don't even get so, me started with that one, so man. Don't get me anything, started. <laughs> anything is possible except except anything Nintendo. No Samus in Fortnite. Nothing like that. What a miss. <laughs> what an absolute miss. For Fortnite, maybe. Yeah. I don't know if Nintendo Well, honestly. It could have been a good idea in terms of like celebrating Metroid's 35th anniversary, hyping people up to um, play Metroid Dread. Yes, and dude. and 
think about well we're getting too much into like nintendo, nintendo strategy but you know i don't think they necessarily have anything they might find some kind of like non-new first party ip release thing to do whether it's through some like anniversary collection type thing or like remake announcements or i don't know special maybe they really just beef up beef up a uh, playstation plus you know for the for those three months like maybe yeah. that's what they have to hang their hat on um obviously if they wanted to go off the wall bananas with playstation plus and uh like upset the people who i don't know already bought the games right they could they could do like returnal and then like death loop and then i'm trying to think of like another <laughs> big thing they could just drop on there that would um like really get people excited about like the ecosystem and like getting those games um i mean those are the two that come to mind i don't know if like maybe they throw ratchet and clank in there too like i don't you know they're they could really if they were desperate blow the top off with like something through playstation plus um but i don't know i agree i mean i guess we'll have to wait and see hopefully within by september i hope we get to hear like an announcement of hopefully we get a state of play in September showing what's going to happen for the rest of the year. And at the end of that state of play, they announced we have a PSX coming for winter of this year. And then it'll practically, they'll show us everything that we know for Ben yeah. West Ragnarok. And then what else is coming out next year? So fingers crossed. Yeah. Guess what to wait. Maybe we get factions. Maybe they like shadow drop factions. Don't even get me hyped, dude. I would be so stoked for that. I'd be so stoked for that. I love factions, so don't even get me started. All right, Adam, moving in to your topic. What's your topic? Yeah, uh, I thought we'd just have a nice little chat about storytelling in video games. I Let's think go. I think it, you know, I, I'm kind of like half inspired. I don't remember you shared like a video with us um, that was on uh, like someone tweeted about it was like in response to criticism that like video games like don't have stories or something like that and it's just like this super cut of all these fantastic story moments from i think was was it all playstation games it was or was it other stuff (laughs) too 80 percent of them were playstation games it was like 80 yeah and it's crazy because i know other people have been doing it well too like there's lots of great stories like on the non uh triple a level um, through lots of indies are like have heartfelt stories to them stuff like that and it's worth bringing up again and talking about more uh because i think that misconception is is honestly still out there um about just video games uh you know aren't the medium that we go to for storytelling and that's like just not true anymore or it doesn't have to be true anymore there's plenty right. of stuff that people could come to for stories out there so I thought we'd chat a little bit. Uh, I would love to hear about some of the uh, video game stories that you love a lot. Maybe some of the ones that didn't land super well and like maybe why that is and what could have been done differently. So um, <laughs> if you don't mind me putting you on the spot, please tell, go me about, for it. tell me about one of your favorite video game stories. So I, I love this topic a lot. I think I, I just real quick to start it all off. I I agree with you. I think video games have very much so evolved so much over time. And it's one of those things where, and when you look at my list, like what I've been playing recently, 
Mm-hmm. I, I just I played a lot of online games. I'm not usually always that kind of person. I usually play a lot of online games when I'm in a moment where I'm like, I'm tired and I just want to hang out with my brothers and connect with somebody or hang out with friends. And then that's what I do. But when it comes to storytelling and you get those games that really tell it a good, good story, mm-hmm. it's kind of unmatched at times. And that experience is not matched. I, I, I'm, I love movies. I'm a huge movie goer. Um, I, when the movie theaters open back up, I, I, man, I've been going every week so far just to go see yeah. whatever's coming out. And I love stories. That's been my big thing. And I, I wrote some things down right here in regards to certain stories, but I, I want to make it known. The first game that really did it for me, the first game I ever played, the first game I ever saw, the first game I ever went to a store and bought, which I didn't technically buy, I was with my dad when he bought it. That whole experience was Metal Gear Solid 1. Mm. And that game set the precedent for me that once I went on it and played other stuff, I was like, it's not like I started with Mario mm-hmm. and then moved my way. I'm not, I'm, when I say move my way up, I don't mean in regards to better. I mean, in regards to the fact that pulling a story out of it, I didn't evolve to Metal Gear. It wasn't like I was playing a bunch of kid games and then moved my way to Metal Gear. Like, I just started at Metal Gear. And mm-hmm. the fact that that was what I, I, I thought it was a movie. I felt like it was so cinematic. David Hayter, which is the voice of Solid Snake, is the first voice actor I ever knew because when the game starts, it shows like his, his, the, like his name for his, as an actor right next to Solid Snake. So I was aware of all these other people in regards to this game as actors. And I was like, is this how games are? Like, mm-hmm. this is what video games are. And that kind of said it for me from there on out and the story of metal gear and some can criticize and say it gets complicated it does get complicated over time but i think a lot of the games that we have now would not have been here if it wasn't for metal gear i don't think we would get at the last of us if Mm. it wasn't for metal gear uh and 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 so it it really pushed the storytelling element to that point and I, i hear a bunch of people who were much older than i was at that moment and they were kind of were giving up on games, played Metal Gear, and they're like, oh, this is, you could do way more with this. And yeah. so Metal Gear Solid is just one of those where, for me, the, like it was also to the point where I don't even know if movies at that time were doing end credit scenes. This game had an end credit scene. And so you would do, you play the game, you would sit through. And I remember, I remember I, I, I saw my dad play it when I was a kid. I played it a little mm-hmm. bit when I was a kid. And then I would have to say 10 years later, we had uh we had a PS2 completely outside of the time frame of when it came out, but had a PS2. Then yeah. I remember I bought the Metal Gear Solid, a, a Metal Gear Solid collection, which had number one, two, and three for the PS2. And so I I remember I bought it and me and my brother, we sat down and we just played that game all the way mm-hmm. through. We didn't stop. And then I remember when it was finished, just laying there and just hearing the music and then once it got to the very end you just hear the fling, and then whatever the end credit scene is and then i remember looking at him and we're like wait 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 how long has that been there like how, that's been there this whole time like i never knew that was there and so yeah metal gear for sure has for me really made a huge huge mark and 
it's kind of made me like I've always growing up. I've wanted mm-hmm. to be, I've always wanted to write stories. Why? Because of Metal Gear. I've always wanted mm-hmm. to direct stuff. Why? Because of Hideo Kojima with Metal Gear. I want to make games. Like my big thing right now in life is I want to make. I love doing YouTube and and talking and podcasting. I, and my big thing aside with that is to make a video game. Why? Because of Metal Gear. So mm. that's my first one. Dude, that's awesome. I think it took me so much longer to experience a game that really put stock in storytelling. Yeah. I mean, of course, I grew up, I played a ton of uh, like platformers. So, of course, you got Mario, like Crash Bandicoot, uh, Spyro, uh, and then even moving on to like the PlayStation 2 era. There, I'm sure there were games that had stories, but um or like that obviously they had plots right which is part of storytelling but it's only like one facet of it but you know it wasn't even like way later that i have a game that i really remember the storytelling of until i played celeste um Mm. which you know indie game uh made just by uh, a handful of people it's a 2d platformer um and I'm going to sidebar real quick. So oh, obviously I know there's probably plenty of li- uh, listeners who it's been a while since you took a high school English class uh, class, you know, it's, it's been a while. Right. Yeah. So like storytelling, when we talk about it, there's lots of different elements that go into it. Obviously the plot, like what's actually going on, you know, Bowser came and he stole princess peach and now we're got to go off to uh, save her. Right. So that like, you know, plot and the, the, that whole journey right? right uh but you got your characters what's going on with the characters what happens with them the setting uh the the point of view style theme and then literary devices which is just like a hundred million different things and so you come to a game like celeste which you know on its face it's 2d platformer it's level based but it takes more thought and energy towards setting up its premise than just the typical, hey, like I said, Bowser, this lizard turtle being that rules over other uh, turtles and yeah. I don't I don't know, living mushroom people came and stole a princess and now plumber person is going to attack. You know, it's like <laughs> yeah. it's just so fantastical in that way. And Celeste's premise is there's this girl, uh, uh, Madeline, which is, and she is going to go climb this mountain, right? And and that's the premise. It's, you know, she has lots of self-doubt. She's doing this to, like, prove to herself that she can do it. And just, you know, throughout her journey, and she has, like, crippling, like, anxiety attacks and panic attacks and stuff like that, mm-hmm. uh, in addition to, like, the self-doubt. and. So even from just the get-go, the premise and the set setup of this is like a relatable human story. Right. Like this is straight up an allegory. She's going to climb a big mountain, right? You know, in real life, we you know have mountains that we have to climb and we doubt ourselves to do it. And we have to yeah. fight against like that doubt uh, and that anxiety. And in the game, she literally has to like go up against a version of her serve, uh, herself, which people call Badaline. Uh, which is the embodiment of her self-doubt and her anxiety in a lot of ways. And so, you know, the whole game is about the story of her 
attempting to climb the mountain, having to reconcile with herself, herself like, you know, these feelings, even though I'm at odds with them, ultimately are a part of me and come from me. And I have to learn how to live with that in a way that like helps me actually achieve my goals and get me to the end. And like, there's so many other characters in that story that she interacts with. And you get to see how, depending on her state of mind, whether that's like a positive or negative interaction, how it affects those people. And just, you know, that game gripped me because one, it's some of the best platforming in any game. But two, it was the first time that I felt a game like told a real human story that I played. Um, Yeah, yeah. Because like I said, I played a lot of mascot platformers or like Skyrim, uh, you know, get to hear about people being shot by an arrow on the knee all the time. That's not like a real thing that happens anymore. And uh, even like Assassin's Creed, it's like, oh, this is cool history, but it's all like fantasy and also yeah. still not realistic and like in the plot and stuff like that. And it's not that those people, it's not that making games that don't focus on storytelling is bad, but it's a part that can be just so wonderful and so good. Um, just yeah. like, you know, some games are like, we want to focus on exploration. We want to focus on just like tight combat. Like there's, you can focus on storytelling or you can say, in addition to these other things, we also want to tell a great story. Um, not every game needs to be like that, but the ones that are, are like phenomenal and it's really yeah. great. Um, so yeah. Yeah, stories and, and games are great. Yeah, and I, I agree with you. When you when you can meld those two, when you can meld gameplay and story so perfectly, that's when you got that secret sauce. Yeah, like you are when you when you mess up in Celeste, you're like, like you you feel like this is herself failing, but I'm going to try again. And thanks to the game, you get back into it. You get yes. right back into it, and you do it. You get right and, back, and and you and it melds perfectly together. So. Yes. And when you can do that, I, I, I love that. I, I love when you can figure that out. And that's, and that's mm-hmm. the thing is you can't do that in a movie. I, I can, I can, right. I can sit back and right. I can view that. I can watch that and I can cry to that and I can feel just through the screen. But when I am literally with my hands sweating, cause I'm trying to overcome this thing. And then once I overcome it and you get to the next beat and then that mm-hmm. character is reacting to what you as the player just did with them that's when you get that that key yeah yeah because you don't just watch someone going through a difficult time overcome it it's like you (laughs) are overcoming it like celeste is a hard game and climbing that mountain is not only hard for madeline but it is hard for you and so like getting to the top is like a huge achievement so you get sucked into the experience and um you know assuming the developers like did a good job of integrating the story into the gameplay and into the um and that whole thing and you get brought in right with it um so which is why god of war for me is also just such a phenomenal game in terms of storytelling because you know for one the single like the single shot camera the no cuts camera and the way it fades just seamlessly in and out of cutscenes um never broke the immersion for me <laughs> like other games like other games do like yeah. i stayed so immersed in it and it it just felt wonderful which is i think a great way that games can say 
there are better ways for our medium to do cut cut scenes, right? Um, there's a better way for our medium to do yeah, structured sections of dialogue and like visuals. Right. And doing that no cut thing really helps you feel like you're still playing the game, right. even though you're not technically controlling the camera or like Kratos at that moment, um, which is really cool. Yeah. So, and another thing I was thinking about because I think some of the best games I've played over this past year in terms of storytelling, and maybe all of the best games I've played in terms of storytelling always seem to focus more on the story of the characters rather than the story of the plot, Mm -hmm. Um, which is really, really nice because when you have a game that has like a main quest line and then like side quest lines, when you move away from the main quest line, it's nice that the story is still being told. Right. Right. Which is like such a huge thing with, I don't know, open world games. And it's like, uh, I think people joke about uh, the legend of uh, Breath of the Wild a lot. Um, they're like, <laughs> Princess Zelda is like, help me, Link. I'm barely holding on. And then it's like cuts to like Link doing whatever random stuff, like <laughs> driving a motorbike down a mountain or doing some kind of weird yeah, like yeah, yeah. explosion trick to like go flying through the air or shield surfing. And it's like, that does break the immersion quite a bit in terms right. of story when it's just like, yes, there's this very, very important thing that you need to go do, but you just do it whatever you want. Right, right. And I and I agree with that 100%. And it's one of those things where I think that's where the evolution of, of, of video game storytelling has come, where it has focused a lot more on the characters and, yeah. and, and, and less on in regards to just the overall plot. Like I can play judgment, not to say that judgment's trying to be this huge big thing, but there's this one story that's happening between your character and this greater story. But then you can go off and you have to help this pop star from mm-hmm. uh not getting beat up by these guys or whatever, or you have to help these people go find the credit card. Like it has nothing to do and help with the character of the plot. Or, mm-hmm. or it doesn't help with your character. It's just a side thing. And it does take you out of it. Again. It's not that judgment's trying to do that, but when games are that are trying to be that and they don't get that part right, that's when it affects it. And you get yeah. things like in The Last of Us, and, and and The Last of Us is one of the games that I wrote down as as the next one. And real quick before I even enter into that, I never grew up playing a lot of games. Um, when I was younger, the PS One was what we had. We had a Game Boy Color, and then came one moment where my parents were like no more games and then we didn't play games for a very 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 long time and so once we started ramping back up and then we got a ps3 out of nowhere it was one of those where i remember my uncle we were talking about it because he had a ps3 and he was like oh you should play uncharted i have one two and three and then that's i'll be honest that was the moment when i was like oh my goodness there's other games that have good storytelling like metal Mm -hmm. gear that and again it's because I had that humongous gap in between. If I played anything before that, it was just multiplayer games with my siblings because we had a Wii or whatever. Sure. But evolving from that to The Last of Us, and I remember I didn't even know what the game was. It's not like I in my mind I was like Naughty Dog is the best of the best right now. Like I, I wasn't too cognizant of all the deep things regarding the video game industry at that moment. I just heard people saying it was really good online, and so I was like, you know what? 
I work at Whataburger. I don't make a lot of money. I can't buy it, but I'm going to rent it from Redbox Mm -hmm. and I'm going to beat this game in a day. And I did. And it was one of those things where sitting there from beginning and you haven't played The Last of Us. I'm sure a lot of people haven't played The Last of Us. Yeah. But from the beginning of that game all the way to the end, it is one of those journeys that you go on. And I, in that moment, was like, it was one of those things where I was like, oh my goodness, like they've made it. Like mm-hmm. this is, this is made it. Like this is the next step. This is the Metal Gear of now that, that build off of the success of Metal Gear. And this is the next tier that everyone needs to go off of. And I remember I, I beat the game overnight. I didn't sleep all the way until <laughs> the next day. Mm-hmm. I, I remember sitting there and I was legit crying at the end. And I was like, am I crying? at a video game right now what is going on and mm-hmm. it was one of those where the, the the acting was so on point and the music was so on point and I, that's a very special experience i had just because of the fact that i just played that thing from beginning to end i did not stop i just did it and the last of us is another one of those pillars for me personally where i never knew that you can you know you can just keep going on with the story or Oh hey, there's that house. Let me go check to see if there's any ammo. You go into mm-hmm. you go and look into a drawer. There's a note. And you read the note and you read the story of what's going on with someone that happened mm-hmm. there. And I'm like, and you feel for the people that were in that situation in that moment and you're like, "Oh my god." Like there is storytelling happening all around me along with this one main storyline that I cannot keep my eyes off of because mm-hmm. I'm so fixated on. And so that's why, if you ask me, who are my favorite video game directors right now? Hideo Kojima, Neil Druckmann. Like, yeah. those guys did it for me. And, 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 and a lot of people would be like, everybody says that. And here's a reason why everybody says that. Because they made it to that point. They yeah. deserve to be at that point. And so, uh, I, I, I do love, and, and just building off of what you said in regards to Celeste, I, what's so great is that, and this has happened a lot with indie games, but I feel like sometimes indie games can be a lot like indie music to where to some people it's kind of like, that's too indie for me. And I think Celeste yeah. was like kind of one of those steps in that realm to be like, Ooh, we can really do something interesting with this medium because yeah. you don't really, you don't compare indies and, 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 and a games. It's always, and people love saying that there's a double a triple a and people love saying there's I double I and triple I. And oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's so it's cool when you have that balance between the two a lot. So yeah, yeah, for sure. And um, I know personally, I have seen a lot of indie games like take st- storytelling to like very cool levels, and kind of what you're going off of. And like, yeah, there's there's a lot more that you could dig into of like, well, what exactly is an indie game? What's like a triple A? What's a double A? And it's like, look, like just meant. I don't know. You could spend the time like trying to parse it out and like craft definitions and then they still wouldn't like do a great job of it uh, because it's constantly and in, in lots of ways changing like a developer right. might have started off ending, but then they added like 20 people uh, like Shovel Knight, right? It's like, yeah, they, I mean, they start out like as an indie team of like, I think four and now it's like they helped like publish a different developers game. Yeah. So what are what are they now? What are they now? Yeah. I don't know. Um, in terms you talk of about uh, yacht cyber, club games. yeah, yeah, yacht cup uh, games. Um, 
and uh they you know helped with uh, cyber shadow yeah um and it's like there's just lots of opportunities and you know even you know i think mostly we've talked about storytelling that's been very i don't want to say in your face but it's been very like direct storytelling uh like it, it's hap it's happening in front of you um but then we kind of got onto it with like the last of us where like hey there was a note that you found and it had this and like and it and, and you know it made you feel some way or, or another um and, but you know it's just not explicitly stated uh i felt that actually ghost of uh, tsushima did a lot of uh cool mm. stuff in that regard mm. too um there are lots of times where you would like find different notes and like kind of piece together that you know the person that left this note is is dead it was kind of similar i think probably with yeah. last of us and it's like you might have found a note and then you found like a different note from a different person, but then you eventually like just traveling. Like if you take the like second to look around, you might see like there's a there's a dead body over there. And I'm pretty sure it's the guy who wrote that note earlier. And yeah. like there's times where like that brought like on emotional responses in me yeah. like heavily. And that and that's really cool in its own right. But because you found that. Yeah. You, you could I have completely that. missed it. Yes. So yes. And I took the t I took the time to read that note. I took the time to read a lot of the in that game uh, specifically the notes to uh, notes of the con. There's like some uh, like lore guy or historian type guy who like you know is from uh, Tsushima, but like hangs out with the con because he wants to just document stuff. And he talks a lot about the con's. Uh, um, I'm trying to remember actually what what's. Kotan Khan, right? So he talks about a lot about like the Khan's like tactics, the Khan's conversations with um uh Jin's uncle. And it really like pulls out the picture of who Khan is as a character in ways that you don't get directly told to you through the game. Uh so there's like a lot of rewarding um feelings in regards to reading through that story yourself. Like we've talked a lot about the cinematic storytelling that is happening in games, but there's like a whole other like subset of like world building lore built, like, you know, text driven yeah. uh, storytelling that might not be as like emotional all the time, yeah, but yeah. like it, because you have to like take the time out to like discover that stuff. It like tells the story of what's going on in the world. And it like just makes your appreciation for the game grow and grow and grow. And so, you know, two games, well, I mean, they're really from the same person, same kind of game, but two games like that immediately make me think of that are Bloodborne and Dark Souls. Mm. Um, there's actually so much story that happens in those games or like in those worlds and almost none, almost none, maybe like 10% is actually ever told to you. And everything yeah. else is written in like item descriptions yeah, and like piecing together different context clues as like, okay, so you met this person here and then they were here later and this is what they said. But if you read like the description for their armor that you can buy, that kind of like explains why that happened. Um, and then also with those games, it's like there's so many different things that you can do in those interactions with people that could cause them to like be nice to you, to like be mean to you, to actually die because you weren't there to save them. Right. And it's like all this story that happens, like if you just played the game once through, didn't read any item description, you wouldn't know anything about that. And it's like so for the people who just want to play the game for the gameplay and for the game mechanics, like 
that's all they had to do and that's all they had to go through and they got to have a fun time but then you have all these people who are like i really want to dig into this world it's such a cool setting you know I, I love the game a lot i'm intrigued by these interactions with these characters or these places that i have and then you start going in and you start reading stuff and you build out like your knowledge of the history of that world over time through conversations with people through watching Bati video i think that's the channel uh, but like lore, lore channels on YouTube who like piece it together for you and tell <laughs> yeah. you the stories. I was yeah. I couldn't remember the exact name, um, but there's like one uh, Dark Souls like channel specifically that's really good, and it's incredible the stories that they're telling just in the background, and they don't even care if you take the time to read it. They're like we're <laughs> writing the story because we love it, and we think other people who take the time to like do it. Uh, we'll enjoy it too. Destiny 2 does a lot of that as well. Like it's easy just to jump in and be like, I have no idea what's going on, but I'm shooting a bunch of aliens and it's fun having fun with my friends. But if you like take the time to read IM descriptions, if you actually like really keep up with what's happening in the cutscenes that do happen or like the mission dialogues and stuff like that, there is so much like right. universe lore that they've built out. And um, I will shout out a specific YouTube channel for that one uh my name is bife uh which is byf um okay. i think uh fantastic videos piecing all of that together nice. um and so there's like multiple ways that games have been able to tell stories uh and it's like you don't get that any like you don't get that anywhere else yeah i would say yeah um and it's it's really cool and i and and lastly for with like the games that are favor for me and one i want to say is florence if you have the chance florence you can i think it's on the switch but i i I, it's meant to be played on like a phone or a tablet Mm -hmm. and it's there's no speaking it's just literally visual storytelling at its finest and it's one of those where i remember listening to greg miller from kind of funny he just talked about it one day like he was like i just didn't know what this was i played it and i was enthralled so I remember I had some time before I went to work. I just, I bought it real quick, laid down and I played it and I played it within like an hour and I was crying right next to my wife. I was like, Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and she was like, are you okay? I was like, when I'm gone, play this, like, please play this because I just, there's no way you can. And, and, and what mm-hmm. it did is it showed that you don't have to be shooting or like trying to figure out puzzles or anything like that with like you could just just by living in ex but going through an experience hmm. there's a story there and another one and i didn't put it as like my favorite but one that came to mind my mind right now was there's a game called bound at b-o-u-n-d and you play as i believe it's been a long time since i played it but and i know it's on the ps4 but you play as this woman who's pregnant and she's looking back on her life when she was younger. And when she's in this other, like this other fantasy world, she's as ballet. Well, she's, she's a ballerina, my bad. And she, the way her movements, when she's walking, she's dancing and like with the flow of the grass and you're literally just going through this terrain. And it's just mm-hmm. this experience that you're just there experiencing. There's no shooting. There's not much, pu- there's not, not even puzzles. It's just, you're in this experience and listening to the music and seeing this character dance and flow with the grass and can like combine with the way that they interact with certain areas. And it's so, so good. So when you combine those two, it doesn't always have to be 
written. It doesn't have to always be shown. It can be just an experience and it's what yeah. you feel outside of it. So that's what's really, yeah. really special about, about video games. Yeah. Um, did you want to, sure. did you want to end off on the least favorite? Um, I don't know if I want to say least favorite. I think this is a, a weird thing um, to kind of like, I think we can nitpick here and you don't have to like nitpick entire games, but I think we could, what we could talk about and I'll start saying like maybe a good example of like things and like, obviously there's games that just don't try, but like for the games that do try things that maybe they do wrong, that kind of breaks you out of the experience. So I will say that uh, I actually started playing horizon zero dawn this week, uh, which I, I am loving so far. I'm like, almost instantly hooked but oh no but the very start of that game just the very very start just starts off so poorly in my mind yes um like i know what they're trying to do so for those who i don't know how much is spoilers i don't think i don't think it's too many spoilers so like horizon zero dawn is like a game that's set in like the future but it's like the future where there was some kind of apocalyptic event and now no one uses technology anymore. And so it's like everyone's tribal, but there's like remnants of a technological society that are still all around you. Right. And so it starts out and there's this, you know, adult male guy and he is carrying around this little, you know, baby girl on her back and he's, and you're just watching this cutscene as he like goes and explains the world to her. In a way that's like, this explanation isn't for her, obviously. It's for me. It's telling, not showing. Yeah, it's telling. Like, there were, I feel like there were just so many other ways where they could have told those things through, like, environment or, you know, updated the script so that it actually felt like he was really talking to her, but for my benefit, right? Yeah, Yeah. Like, he... Like, that's what they were going for. They were going for, she's talking to her, but it's for the player's benefit. But it does right. not come across like that because it's like, you would not, I don't know. I don't, I don't talk to my kid that way or, you know, def- <laughs> not, not quite in that level of like. Let me explain to you the detail. way this world works. <laughs> I mean, yeah, because there's like simpler, babier versions of that stuff that you would probably do. Like, yeah. I, fun fact, I have like a book, or I guess my daughter has a book that's like, uh was it baby is a rocket scientist or something like that and it like it just like this is a ball ball has you know nice uh, what is it um not drift (laughs) but like uh resist i don't know but and it does like these very very simple concepts and just like stages them oh okay like science stuff on like page like this is a ball um ball has airflow going around it if you change the shape of the ball the air pushes it up and it's like, wow. but he's like not describing the world lore to her in that right. way. Right. And it's like, come on, like, at least let me, let me be the guy. Let me control the guy and start teaching me the game mechanics while he is explaining this stuff to her. Right. Right. It would feel so much more natural that way. You start introducing game mechanics earlier and getting people into the game because most of that would translate over once you start playing as Aloy anyway. Yeah. And, and yeah. So, but after that, once I actually started playing as Aloy, I'm like, okay, they're actually doing a much better job telling the story of this world through the different things like um, that 
that she you know has and can do i'm like okay this is way better and then like what i've played so far is like that was like the main misstep that i've seen and everything else has been great in terms of storytelling and so i'm like okay that was a really bad start yeah (laughs) that was a really bad start but i think everything's coming up from there yeah, so. the moment the door's open and you're into the world, that's when it all gets better. I completely um, mistook this assignment and I got really literal. Sure. Uh, oh I my li- gosh. I'm I so literally, sorry. I'm I literally so sorry. put Sonic in the Black Knight. <laughs> oh. Man, I was so looking forward to that game. And I put Metroid Other M. I was oh really gosh. looking for that game too. Uh, and then I, I literally mean, put all the Resident Evil games because I don't like Resident Evil. If you'd like to talk, if you'd like to tell that tale, you can, Rob. I'm not no, gonna hold you back. No, I will. I will say there's something that, and and I just kind of, I I want to do this in regards to all games. For me personally, we need to get creative with the way that you show off the intro mechanics of a game and how you explain this world, your world. Because mm-hmm. I'm telling you right now, if there's a game that I go and and literally maybe the first two hours is like, let's say I feel like I'm open. And I and I go in an hour, another hour in, I get a prompt that shows, oh, this is how this is and this is how this works. I'm sorry, I'm done. I'm not going to play the game because you could have done it all at the beginning. And so mm-hmm. I do agree with you in regards to there's a certain way that you need to completely explain how stuff works. And that's game design. But mm-hmm. I will say, just in regards to this prompt, Metroid Other M. I will say I love the gameplay to that game. Like it's, I know it's kind of wonky having to point the controller to the to the motion bar so you can go in first person view and you can look around and shoot at, as Samus. But the control that game was super fun. The story is the most Japanese weird story ever, and so that completely that did completely yeah. threw it all for me. So yeah. Can can we take a quick sidebar and just talk about how every JRPG has you like. First thing, oh, there's a cat stuck up in a tree. Can you help me get your cat? Every time. End of the game, you're killing a god. Yeah. (laughs) Right. That's how they all start. That's how they all, that's all, uh, that's how they all go. Except maybe I actually want to give credit, I think, to Fire Emblem Awakening. I did. You know, I've played part of that game and that starts a little different, but it's like, you know. I don't know. And that's why and that's why when we got we have games like um Octopath Traveler and then we have that next one that's coming out uh Triangle Strategy. Project. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um I I I want to play those games so bad cuz they look so cool, but I already know that there's going to be this learning curve to it that I'm going to have to figure out. And that in and of itself because it's a JRPG and that's what JRPGs come with. It's just you ha- there's a learning curve to them and i want to play them so badly but i just can't because it's so difficult and there's probably a good story behind it i, I like persona 5 i love persona i was so mm-hmm. into it i, I love the story everything about it was great you I, but yeah just man those games i feel like i'm going off topic in regards to jrpgs but anyways regarding our our least favorite games but Sure. I mean, you can nitpick storytelling in uh, JRPGs uh, if, if you really want. <laughs> well, that's the thing is, I really don't have I don't have a problem in regards to storytelling. Mm-hmm. It's just the fact that the gameplay is what hinders me because sure. I have to learn. Yeah. There's sometimes where I, I there's sometimes where I go and I want to play a game and I'm like I want to relax and I want mm-hmm. to like experience this great story and have fun playing. 
it's but I don't want to feel like I'm having to learn something. So yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I I can get behind that. I think what game do I want to nitpick? I almost want to nitpick like every Western RPG in a sense. Not what? every Western RPG, but I, as a genre, like I kind of want to take a, a swing at uh, Skyrim, especially. Ooh, um, let's go. Just because I think that game really does want to tell quite a few different stories. Like to me, I think the game does attempt. It, it's like it's something that it does want to do right because you have all the different dialogue options of what you can do um you have all the different storylines that are like significant things happen but hmm, i don't know make make me care more about the things that are happening i think somehow yeah. i think it's it's almost like in no sense it's like the plot there's you know all the little plots that are happening are just um just a, a a way to move the gameplay forward and let you keep like progressing and getting like cool new gear and like leveling up and gaining like statuses and titles and abilities and stuff like that right and so for that standpoint i i would say there are a lot of times where like skyrim fell flat there are plenty of moments where they do like subvert expectations and have like little plot twists that happen and stuff like that and you're like oh i wasn't expecting that but for the most part like you know i mean for the most part that game is all about leveling up your character and like going around and doing whatever you want in a lot of senses right um, so so maybe it's like maybe it is hard to nitpick it from that sense because it's like well this is what this is like but but to me i think that they do make an attempt with the dialogue choices and stuff like that that most of the times are meaningless or just like circle you back in the same menus um i i would like to nitpick those um, right like make if you're going to like present options for dialogue like make them meaningful make them actually do something um make me care more about these characters i'm interacting with right right um it's probably a big deal um because there's so i mean there's so many characters but like if you think about something like i know a lot of people actually give i think outer wilds uh prop or sorry not outer wilds outer worlds props oh, yeah. for like uh some of the companion storylines that are in there but the thing i always hear people talk about is like mass effect and just like the because there are a lot of different storylines you can do with all the different like possible crew members you have and, right and people like rave about that those um aspects of the game in fact like i don't even know what the actual plot to the game is because i just hear people talk about you know oh i romance this person and kill this person instead because i hate them and then it's <laughs> like and like the those relationships mean a lot and really kind of cause strong feelings and like the people that play those games right 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 well those watching those listening let us know in the comments or you can tweet at us at Ambitious Casual. What are some of y'all's favorite games? And what are your, some of your least favorite games? And if you want to go into more details about what it is that you love about them, what is it yeah. that didn't kind of rub you the right way in regards to the game, let us know. We would love to see that. Also, if you're a podcast listener, don't forget, and whatever podcast service that you're using, if you can rate the podcast, please rate it so that way the podcast can be bumped up to the top so that way people can find it much easier. And Go ahead and share it on your social media feeds. If you have Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, whatever you use, go ahead and share this episode with your friends mm -hmm. so that way they can jump on, listen. Let's grow the viewership and the listening on these episodes. We appreciate y'all. 
being with us and with another episode of the XP Podcast Level 15. We will have Austin back in the next one. Hopefully, he doesn't get bitten by a shark. So, fingers crossed that his vacation goes well. And uh, Adam, do you have any last words you would like to tell the audience? Oh, um, go play games. Give games a shot. I think everyone has a game out there that they can enjoy uh, and has great stories and play indies. <laughs> Celeste have, is really good. There you go. Couldn't have said it any better. Till next time, y'all. Peace out. See ya.